Our world is not as normal as you will think. And you have to be very careful the way you manage yourself and then your life. It's important to be aware that in such times in which you and I find ourselves, we become very cautious, both spiritually and physically. And so I want to thank the Lord for your life and for what he is doing with you. I'd like to share a very short word. I don't intend to speak for long tonight because I want you to just continue in prayer to intercede on behalf of the world, the church, those who are sick, and those who are in the front line, and then those who are looking for prophylactic vaccine as we continue to fight and battle COVID-19. I want you to continue to be in prayer. Don't forget that. Stay in prayer. Not only that, Jesus said, watch and pray. And so you don't only pray, but you also become cautious. Don't throw away all the preventive protocols. Always remember to wear your mask. Washing your hands, drinking water, exercising, resting, and dieting well to strengthen your immune system, maintaining social distance. If you don't have any, anywhere or anything doing in town, stay at home. Don't forget that. These are important as much as prayer. So as you pray, don't cast or don't lose your guard. Don't throw away caution. I'd like us to continue our lesson on David. We are getting to chapter 18. And tonight I will stay on just a particular verse. But I'd like us to read from the verse number one. In order to just put what I shall be sharing with you in context. And Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you to teach us, Holy Spirit, break our ignorance, open the eyes of our understanding and help us grasp depth in your word. In the name that is above every other name, Jesus, the Son of God. Amen. First Samuel chapter 18 from the verse number one. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one spirit. With David. By the way, Jonathan was the son of Saul, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic. And even his sword, his bow, and his belt. They became close friends, you know. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank 
in the army. I'd like you to pay attention to verse number five. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out with all the towns, all, out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul. With singing and dancing, with joyful songs, and with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought but me with only thousands. What more, can he get a, he, what more can he get but a kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. The next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house while David was playing the lyre as he usually did. Saul had a spear in his hand, and he held it, saying to him, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Hallelujah. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had departed from Saul. So he went, he sent David away from him, and gave him command over a thousand men. And David led the troops in their campaigns. I'll end at verse 14. In everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. Maybe let me add the 15 to 16 at least. When Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he led them their campaign. Thank you, Father. Well, we have been learning some vital lessons from David for the past couple of weeks. One of the things we have been learning, first we began from the duel between David and Goliath. And how David fought the battle and won against a three-meter-tall giant. We learned from chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, that David was a man who understood how to take opportunity. David was a man who would not be easily distracted by men who can control their emotions and midgets in life. He doesn't get distracted. Number three, we learned that David didn't embrace any sense of sophistication 
He was a man of guarded emotions and very simple. We learned also, number four, that David was a guy who will, for example, um, take advantage of even situations that may be seen as mundane, ordinary. And yet, such mundane situations can deliver divine destinies. And finally, we learned that David took a step. He was holding a staff and Goliath thought that he was coming to fight him and kill him with a stick. And so he despised David. And yet David said, today, the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll, I'll strike you down and cut off your head. And he added, and everyone here will know that the battle is the Lord's. So David was a man who knew what belonged to him. He knew what as a man he could do and what as a man God should do. He was a man who understood that responsibilities did not only rest with God, some responsibilities also rested or rest with us. And so in this case, the battle he was going to fight was not his battle. In other words, he could differentiate between what belonged to him and what belonged to God. Don't forget that. David said the battle belonged to the Lord, but he took a stone. And then he put it in his catapult or whatever. And then he took a step. So certain actions of David, we understand, ought to be taken by David. But how the stone rolled with some kind of speed and buoyancy and managed to break through the armor bearer of Goliath and destroyed the helmet of Goliath and penetrated the skull and left the man falling down. These details of the movement of the stone, the speed of the young man, the release of the stone, and all of those, David knew very well. And that couldn't have happened by chance. A divine design was driving the actions. Indeed, Goliath fell. And David took off his head. In the chapter 18, we are introduced that Saul was quite interested about this young man. So he kept him in his service. Already in chapter 16, we are told that David had already gone into Saul's army and he was an Amomera. So he has kept him. This young man is great. I, I have to keep him. He kept him. Now what Saul missed was that he saw David as a threat. Instead of seeing him as a man that carried the presence of God into his life. The presence of God in the life of Saul could have been read better that this is a man who carries divine presence and I need him around me at this time. Many of us fall into that pit sometimes. When people get close to us, we get so frightened. 
We are very much afraid of our own inadequacies in the light of those who are around us in the light of their strengths. And that's a mistake. Don't get scared by looking at the person around you and how rich and wealthier the person is in terms of the person's natural resources, the talents, the gift that God has given to the person. See the person as a potential resource in your life. This was one of the major lessons that Saul lost or missed. He lost it. He missed the lesson. He saw David as a threat. And so, when you start reading from the verse number one in chapter 18, we see the few first three, four verses that Saul's son fell in love, Jonathan, with David, and they became friends. We also hear that Saul had already begun entertaining jealousy because he had heard a particular refrain and a song that the women sang when the men were returning from war. They accredited David with multiple exploits. And then they said that Saul only could be accredited or accredited with some level of exploits. They said David had tens of thousands, but Saul thousands. And Saul said, how can they sing such a song? How can they compose such a song in Israel. The guys are changing the songs. Before David came on the scene, there was only the song of Saul. As soon as this young man killed Goliath, they have gone to the studio and done the remix. This is a dangerous remix. And in the light of this remix, I can see that these guys can hand over the kingdom to this young man, he became afraid. Now, I'd like to just pick one lesson from here before I continue. Very often in life, people will become afraid of others whom God has actually delivered into their lives by listening to those around them than by discerning the power behind why the person came into their life. They look at what people are saying. Listen carefully to this. If you pay attention to the voices of your surroundings, you will miss the insight from the divine. Did you get that? If you pay attention to the voices of your surroundings, you will miss the insight of the divine. Somebody said, man of God, repeat, I'll repeat. If you pay attention to the voices of your surroundings, you will miss the insight of the divine. So Saul paid attention to what he was hearing. What do you hear? What have you heard? Some of you have heard stories about the dangers around you um, how the future is so bleak and how things will be difficult for you. Some of you have heard stories about the fact that the future looks so bleak because of COVID-19. What have you heard? 
Jesus told the disciples, God what you hear and how you hear it. God what you hear and how you hear it. Now, one of the lessons that Saul missed was that, listen carefully, listen, pay attention to me. In life, generation will come and generation will go. Today, I'm the one standing here ministering the word. Tomorrow, it will not be me. That is how God has ordained human life. One generation will give way to the other. And if you are a man who is not generationally minded, you will have a problem. And one of the challenges I find in the life of Saul was that he was not generationally minded. He was a man who thought that he will be the man of the times forever. You will not be the woman and you will not be the man of the times forever. The seasons will catch up on you and the Lord will release another man. That is how generational calculations and models work. God always has men. In every generation, he will choose a man. When you are done with what God has called you to do, the Lord will set you aside. You are only a tool. You are an instrument. When you are completed, another generation will take over. When you are not generationally minded, you will always miss divine designs. And so he became angry. He became angry and was displeased. And because he gave in to that hatred and became displeased, in the verse 10, the Bible says an evil spirit. We knew from the chapter 16 already that Saul had begun feeling oppressed by demons. He had a very bad emotions. And this is where I want you to just pay attention. Now, if you don't know, Satan can hijack your emotions and use it against you. He was a man of very bad emotional regulation. He easily pays attention to what he hears. Now, Saul is a man who listens to things around him more than God. And so he became a man with very bad emotions. And the devil will always take advantage of your emotions. And so in the verse number 10, he says that the next day an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. That means that a certain demonic power was allowed. And he tormented Saul. Now that comes right after chapter 8 and verse 8 and 9, when he became angry and he said that they accredited David with more exploits than himself. And the Bible says in the verse number 9 that he kept a close eye. Look at it. Listen. In life, your job as a leader is not to keep an investigative eye on a generation, on the next generation that is coming. That's not your job. Your job is to prepare the way, prepare the path. The Bible says, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Every leader who is generationally minded prepares the way for the Lord or prepares the, the way for the next generation. But the Bible said, 
Saul turned himself into an investigative leader. The verse of Manoah says that, and from that time on Saul kept a close eye. What kind of close eye is that? It's an eye that is looking for fault. It's an eye that is looking for vulnerability in David. It's an eye that is looking for a time when he could pin David down. No wonder in the next verse, once, once David was seated, he took a javelin or a spear and wanted to just pin him to the wall because he was keeping an eye on the boy that as soon as he loses his guard, he will pin him to the wall. And there are leaders like that. They are all the time looking for fault in the young people. And they say, ah, because of this, you cannot, be, you cannot do this. That was the problem of Saul. I pray tonight for you that you will know how to, number one, manage emotions. And then, number two, you will be careful about what you hear and how you hear it. At least, when I read the story and the songs or the remix the women, you know, composed, they, 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 they credited both David and Saul with thousands. The only difference was that they credited David with tens of thousands and Saul with thousands. But they were all credited with thousands. And if Saul understood this, he should simply have learned that one generation must give way to another generation. Listen. When you have an unguarded emotion, you will open up the windows and the doors of your heart to satanic distress and oppression. And so the Bible said, once one day David was playing, Saul decided to kill him. David was playing. And the Bible says in the verse 10, the next day an evil spirit from, from God came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house. Can you imagine? What kind of prophecy is that? The guy wants to kill, and yet he's prophesying. <laughs> Be careful of the prophecies you hear. What is driving those prophecies? You have no idea. He was prophesying in his house. While David was playing the lyre, as he usually did, David was noted for playing this. <laughs> Saul had a great, he had a spear in his hand. And he held it saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David escaped him twice. I decree upon your life. May you have the power to escape evil. Lavados, Eblekesh. Come on, pray for a minute for me right now. Easter Lakuma. Idalush ikole badis tagash valhasi engele metoma we ataya boko lavasa imbaka leto lavia saga ropelish drions puli hisoka anaya na na lavosisia koko Ha 
eluded him. He also eluded him. Check, let me see. Yeah. Saul tried to pin him to the wall with his beard. This was the second time. But David escaped him. <laughs> As Saul drove the spear into the wall, may them misfire. I said, may them misfire. I said, may them misfire. That night, David made good his escape. May you escape every evil. But I'd like to point you to something about David in this particular text. You see, you are likely to look at that elude, the word that word eluded or uh, dodged or escaped as only divinely driven. I'm not looking at it only from that angle. I'd like to remind you of the way David is, especially when you go one chapter back in chapter 17, 48 and 49, 48 and 49, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly. I'd like you to underline that phrase, quick quickly. I want to talk to you tonight about something. <laughs> May the Lord give you the spirit to receive this. David ran quickly. David ran quickly. Now, are you catching something? David ran quickly. Now, let look at this. Stay there and look at the text carefully again. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, and listen carefully to this. We have heard in military tactics and soldier signs that the best form of attack is to be offensive. Go and offend. Don't, don't retreat. The best form of attack is to offend. So when somebody comes against you, you go against him. Once Goliath was moving closer to attack him, we are told that David equally went to meet him. <laughs> this young man is something else. Now that phrase, David ran quickly. I want to stay there for just a few minutes. That is actually the phrase which you find in the verse that David eluded him twice in verse 11 of 17 of 18. But I like us to just look at it. I'm adding a 48 and 49, which is 17, just to explain what is that thing about David. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. 49. 
reaching into his bag and taking out a stone. Now look at, he made a quick move and then he put his hand inside the bag. He picked a stone, he put it in a sling all within a few minutes. Now look at the young man. <laughs> I call this coordination. I'm going to stay there. Coordination. Come on, say coordination. Labels <laughs> tires. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone. He slung it and struck. Now, many of you and many of us will miss this. I like to just understand what coordination is all about. David doesn't appear to be a man with an anxiety disorder. When you are an anxious person, you get apprehensive. Apprehension is irrational fear. Irrational fear is fear without a basis. A fear without a basis is what? Think about it. David saw a three meter tall man coming against him. Don't forget, he is not coming alone. This battle is so unbalanced. Remember, the man is the man is, is moving with a man who is holding his shield. So Goliath was actually one giant and a plus. Had a house. It was a giant and a plus. The man reached and took his spear, ordered his man move and attack the boy. So Goliath was moving with his armor bearer, two men. But the Bible said, and David running. Listen carefully to the description. Running. Huh? He's running. Once running, he slid his hand into the bag that holds his toes. Once his hand is there and he's still running, he reached out to a stone. Whilst he's still running, he put the stone in a sling. Oh my goodness. That's coordination. That's coordination. That's coordination. And he didn't slip or fall down. He kept doing this at the same time he was running. That's coordination. Then he released it. He was still running. <laughs> he was still running. He was still running. Now, I'll stay here for the next five minutes and I'm done. What is coordination? It is this coordination that helped David to, to, to escape the deadly attack of Saul. Coordination is the ability to hold yourself together. It is the skill to be smart and to discern what to do at each point in time. Coordination is the ability to be competent in knowing what to do at each point in time such that you are not overcome by any emotion. Coordination is the ability to hold yourself together. A 
is the, is the capacity to be self-composed. Every muscle in your body must coordinate with your thought. Every bone in your body must coordinate with your emotion. It must work in unison. Don't break a bone. Don't slip and fall. Don't fall so cheaply. You must, you must coordinate yourself. You must know how to coordinate your life. Coordinate your thought. Now, you see, if you're a man of coordination, you don't talk anyhow. Before you talk, before you open your mouth, the thought will determine the release of your lips. Coordination. Many a lives, many a life have been destroyed because people failed to coordinate. David was playing the harp. Now, I'd like you to see how the coordination worked at this time. Now, David is a man who loved songs so much. And the Bible said that Saul was listening and prophesying. And yet the power behind that prophecy is questionable because an, an evil spirit was tormenting him. And so as David played the lyre, he can easily be carried away. In the psychology of music, we understand that music has a powerful effect on our brains. Music can let you lose control of your surroundings. It can create imageries in you. Music can take you very far. You can be thinking about places you have been to because of music. In fact, music can let you lose. You can lose yourself at the moment. You are so carried off. And so whilst he was playing the lyre, and Saul took the spear, David should have been killed. But the young man doesn't leave himself to poor chances. He knew how to put himself together. Your ability to hold yourself together in the face of challenges in life is a measure of your maturity. And I decree upon you tonight, may the Lord grant you the power to coordinate your life. Don't lose, don't lose control. Men of coordination don't lose control. Don't lose control. Don't lose it. Don't lose control. Coordination. 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 Some have lost their jobs because they lost control. Their boss angered them. And then they opened their mouth and spoke anyhow. And the boss said, you are fired. They lack coordination. You see, men with coordination also understand concentration. That is why even in football, you see, those who are very well coordinated often are very much concentrated. They, they can concentrate on what they are doing. You remember some years ago, was it Materezi and uh, that Egyptian footballer? You remember the person? That football, I mean that particular match. The guy, whatever, we didn't, we, we, all we, we saw was that there was some kind of altercation. Then the guy went and gave a head back, pam! His career ended. Listen. Your life as a believer is not just about prayer and fasting 
and all of those. It's also about the wisdom to hold yourself in check and the wisdom to be careful in everything. That is what Paul said in Ephesians 5, that because the days are evil, don't live anyhow. Don't live anyhow. You see, that day, if David was not a man of coordination, Paul, Saul would have killed him. But, don't forget the picture. He was running to meet Goliath and his armor bearer. He reached his hand into his pocket or his bag, picked up the stone. He was still running. He put in the sling. He was still running. He released the sling or the stone. He was still running. My goodness, what a young man. And once he was playing the harp and would have been carried over by the beauty of the song, David was cautious. I like you to be cautious in life. I like you not to throw away caution to the wind. Don't be foolhardy. Don't just trust yourself. The Bible says, let the one who thinks he stands be cautious lest he falls. Don't trust yourself too much. It is better to be cautious. That is why Jesus said, watch and pray. As you pray, be cautious. This particular part of the verse teaches us that David was a young man of caution. He was very much aware that I have to be careful about this man. I, I, I can't trust him. I need to be careful. And so as he played, he was well coordinated and guarded. Nobody can take care of your life than yourself. As you pray and seek the face of God, you must also be careful of what you do. And as I draw the curtains tonight, as you heard the minister, a thing of information or so, mentioned a day or two ago, the, currently the source, the major source of infection of COVID-19 is from place of work. Those of you who are working, please don't throw caution to the wind. When you get there, follow through the protocol. Don't feel you know your place more than any other person. You can compromise your health. Be like David. The spear of COVID-19 is ready in the hand of the devil. He will want to pin you to the wall. Destroy that spear. Coordinate yourself. Take caution. Wash your hands. Hmm? Put on your mask when you are amongst people. Maintain social distance or physical distance. Because I know that you are escaping the spear of 2020. Every spear that is lifted against your life because the Holy Ghost helps you 
with wisdom to coordinate yourselves and not to lose God because of anxiety and fear and panic. You can lose your ground. Fear and panic. Apprehension. And then you will sleep. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. David did not sleep. When you are going into a war against a giant, the last thing you will do is to lose your ground. Because if you lose your ground and you fall, he will pin you to the ground. He never fell before Goliath. And so he wasn't going to fall before Saul. I decree tonight by the mandate of the Holy Ghost that you will never lose your grounds before any authority. It is the will of God that you will survive this time. And I decree in the name of Jesus that fear will not break you. That apprehension will not break you. That anxiety will not break you. I decree upon your life that may you escape every spear and every crisis and every challenge and may the power of the Holy Ghost raise a battlement around you. I ask in the name of Jesus that your wisdom that is imparted to you by the Holy Ghost will be put to work. You will not lose your sense of reasoning. I ask in the name of Jesus that you will so well coordinate your life and yourself that this current pandemic will not make you a victim. In the solid name of the Lord Jesus, I pray that if you did not fall before the Goliath, don't fall before the dwarfs. Don't fall before the dwarfs. If you did not die before the Goliath, don't fall before the dwarfs. If you did not die when you ought to die, don't allow any small wind to destroy you. For men and women who have stood the test of time and have stood their grounds and coordinated victory can never become victims to missions. It is given to you to rise against and above the storm. And I decree upon you, may you be kept afloat. You will never go down. May you be kept afloat. I give God a praise. In the name of he that died and laid in the grave, Jesus. Broke the bonds and the chains of death and came alive. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. May he alone lift grace upon you. Empower your feet for speed and help you to coordinate your logic, your sense of self, and your faith in Jesus. Amen and amen. Makava. Come on, pray. Inayo maluwa balo stelebi baya Amado o kaya fasala Don't fall before the dwarfs Don't fall before the dwarfs Don't fall before the dwarfs 
Don't fall before the dwarfs. Don't fall before the dwarfs. You have stood before the Goliath. Don't fall before the dwarfs. Yamalo Ikaya. Hey, Every satanic spear that was aiming at you in 2020, I see you have escaped it in the name of Jesus. You will escape it. You will escape it. You will escape it. You will escape it. Escape accident. Escape death by illnesses. Escape burglary. Escape armed robbery. Escape every kind of evil. Escape. 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 In the name of Jesus. Listen, listen, how can you leave the arena where you have destroyed champions only to fall in the cave of dwarfs? Think about it. The man just conquered a champion and then he falls for dwarfs. No, no. Some of you went through harder times three, four years ago than what is happening in 2020. Five years ago, something hit you hard and you stood your grounds. You stood your grounds. You stood your grounds. How can you go down in 2020? You will not go down. You have conquered what was a giant from three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, six years ago. You will not go down. That say the Lord, I will preserve you and keep you well. That say the Lord, I will keep you intact. That say the Lord, I shall preserve you in the midst of storm. You will not go down. Maladonis, in my gloria, but I am a Hey, Thou say of the Spirit of the Lord, I see anybody right now who senses that 2020 is the greatest evil ever in your life. You are exaggerating. You are exaggerating. You have conquered a Goliath. Don't allow the soul to put you down. COVID-19 is your soul. It's your soul. 
is your soul. Trust in the Lord because he will take you beyond COVID-19. He will want to do what he wants to do with COVID-19 in the world. And when he is done, he will take you to the next level. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Now, if you are not born again, I'd like you to just say these words after me. Lord Jesus, thank you as God's gift to me. I believe you died for my sins. I confess you as my Lord and personal Savior. Be my Lord, I will serve you the rest of my life. Amen. Now, if you say this prayer after me, you are born again. I'd like you to just pay attention to the numbers and the address that is screening below the device you are holding and follow through and call us. God is bringing you to a place of victory. Don't become a victim. Trust in God. And for all our members who are watching, I'd like to just draw your attention on Sunday morning, group three and four, seven o'clock to eight o'clock, group three. We have already called you. We are expecting you here to follow through all the protocols as you saw us demonstrate last week. And then group four, 8.30 to 9.30. Come prepared. Put on your mask. When you come here, we'll go through, you'll go through the protocol. But I'd like you to understand that we are enjoying the word of God in the power of its delivery. I give God a praise for your life. Let me pray for you as we sign off. And Father, I give you praise for those who are watching far and near. Let grace abound unto them. Lift them beyond the arena of the Goliaths and place them beyond a level where they cannot become victims again in life. I decree victory over them and I release them from the shackles of fear and apprehension. I pray over them tonight that they shall be coordinated they shall coordinate their thoughts with their words. Coordinate their emotions with their actions. And coordinate their faith in you with all the circumstances that surround them. Because I know that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. Thank you, Father, for them. Now may the Lord bless you. May his countenance shine upon you. The Lord bless you. And may he lift you above the storms. Remember, when he keeps you afloat, receive the buoyancy that takes you into a new vibrancy. Shalom, peace, and life to you all. Amen. 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 Alleluia, Alleluia.